All right, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Awesome. I love that. I love that. Uh, quick couple things. If it's your first time to uh, Ironman, we want to welcome you. We have actually have a first timers table over here behind Joe. If it's your first time, we invite you. I, I don't know if Jesse's uh, Stanley's here this morning yet. I don't see Jesse yet. Cool. Um, and then one thing for this month. This month, as a reminder, guys, this month we have five Fridays. And uh, if you're newer to Ironman, uh, usually what we do, the months, there's only a couple months throughout the year that have five Fridays, but the months that have five Fridays, we take the fourth Friday, which is next week, and we do a, a, either a table serve week or a table hangout week. It really just depends on the table that you're a part of. Um, so next week, uh, we won't be here. So don't show up here. But today, during your table time, maybe, guys, table captains, take some time to begin to come up with what you guys are going to be doing next week. We always encourage you guys to still meet in some way. A lot of tables will meet for breakfast. We've had many tables uh, meet for bed builds, bed deliveries, different serving opportunities in the community. But table captains initiate that conversation and, and don't show up here next week. I, that, I feel like that continues to happen. I, I know it's hard because it's only a couple Fridays a year that we do this, but it ends up being a really cool thing just to kind of break things up. So with that being said, Bob, if I can invite Bob Cole, come on up, Bob. Bob is going to be introducing to us this morning's teaching fellow, and uh, as the military table continues, we'll really cl close out the month this morning. So, uh, well, thank you, Bob, for doing this, and uh, tell us who's going to be speaking this morning. Yes, if you would, I'd like to open in prayer. Micah 6, eight. he has shown the old man what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. May we as part his body mirror these qualities this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I have the pleasant duty of introducing Eddie and all, and I appreciate that very much. I checked out just what Edward meant, and it is a guardian of wealth. This goes clear back to uh, the medieval days. Interesting derivation. Eddie Tabanzee, if you're having any trouble remembering the name, you might think of the Tabanzee Bridge up there in New York and all similar construction there. He, Eddie is a local boy who was raised in Orlando. All his life he has seen this town grow so much from miles and miles of orange grove. You now see homes everywhere. I've noticed uh, that the Citrus Tower all out in Claremont has changed hands over the last year, and I can't help but wonder if they might, under the new ownership, rename it the Homes Everywhere Tower. Eddie is married to the best woman ever and has been for 30 whole years. They've got three awesome boys. Two of them are already married. One to go. Eddie has been coming to Iron Men of God for many years. The military table drafted him as one of their own. He didn't find any baseball table, and we were more than happy to have him join us. In 1966, he was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds, and he spent 11 years in the major leagues. 
That is where God grabbed all of him. He and God have continued their journey until this very moment. And he loves the Bible, baseball, and being a disciple maker. Iron Men of God is a major part of his week. And today he is honored to share that with you. Good morning, man. Good morning. And good morning, guys, online. I've been hanging with you guys for the last six months. Uh, you guys don't get a lot of credit in the morning. Uh, Bob, thank you. One clarification, I was not drafted in 1966. I would look really good for my age if I was, but uh, I feel like I'm that old physically, but uh, I, I appreciate it. When Bob talks at our table, boy, everybody listen. I, I love listening to him, and uh, I'm thankful to be here. I was thankful to finish up Gideon at our table. Jason did a great job a couple weeks he talked about the faith of Gideon to move forward with obstacles and be called into great things. My good friend Eddie Lopez last week, awesome, great story, and uh, love you even more. God, he says God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the God, so that the called, I'm sorry. So that, that, that was awesome. So before we go, I'm going to read a couple verses from Judges 6, 12, 14 through 15. If you can, if you can't stand up, let's stand up as, as online. You can stay, stay seated. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. The Lord looked at him and said, in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? He said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. Go ahead and be seated. You know, a couple, couple observations you, you see from that verse, you know, I took from it and I'm going to share a little bit today is, you know, you know, obviously Gideon didn't really feel excited or adequate in his ability to do what God wanted him to do in delivering Israel from the Midianites. He's like, you know, why, why me, God? And, you know, and we see in this verse, even the angel of the Lord, it seems like he had to pump him up. He called him a warrior. And not only did he call him a warrior, and specifically a brave, valiant, mighty warrior at that. So, man, he, he needed some, some pumping up, and Gideon did. You know, from our book we've been reading, you know, it's been a great book going through. You know, we, there's like three points from that that we know about Gideon, if we, if we know the story a little bit. Uh, we know about Gideon's call from the angel of the Lord. And then we, we hear about Gideon's call for signs of assurance. He's like, God, you know, I don't know if I could do it, but hey, you know, this place, if you, if you make it uh, get wet while the ground is dry, maybe I'll do it. Well, what did God do? Well, he did it. And I said, okay, okay, you did it. Okay, how about if it's dry and, and the ground is wet? Well, did I just mix it up? Now, how about if it's wet and dry? Well, anyhow, he, he mixed it up and, and God said, God did it. And Gideon's like, okay. All right, you got me. I'll go do it. And so I'll go do it. So and the book reminds us, I, lo I love some of the quotes in the book. The book reminds us that God didn't pick a powerful leader and that God didn't see the present Gideon, but the future one. And also God is imposed to giving you some encouragement along the way if you're asking for it. So Gideon's on his way. Now, now we know Gideon's army is being reduced from 32,000 to 10,000, now to 300 men. And we see that in Judges 7. And, and these 300 men, God set apart. You know, I love the story how God divided the men in three groups and God used them to blow trumpets, break jars, and with their torches lit at night, confuse the Midianites to turn each other with the sword. And that, that would have been something to see. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that one day in heaven. But uh, the book reminds us that victory was impossible without God's intervention. And God wanted his people to realize that it was the power of God, not their own strength, that was saving the nation of Israel. And lastly, with all, with all Gideon's success, he understood 
understands that God is the true leader over Israel. He goes on to say in Judges 8, 23, he says, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. So we see this in Gideon's life, you know, he's not sure himself. You know, God says, yes, you know, I'll show you some signs. You can do it. He kind of did it. And, you know, he says, well, God, you're in control, you know. So with this being said, I mean, I can this happen in, in, in real life to somebody? Uh, you know, I wonder if something can happen in this real life. But you know what? I saw a little bit back in my life, and that was a lot like Gideon. I had a lot of you know, similarities to Gideon. I'm going to share back when I was playing baseball back in the late 90s. There, I was a catcher in the big leagues, and part of the catcher's job is throwing guys out. And early in my career, I had one of the strongest arms in the major leagues. And later in my career, as, as, as you know, like anybody, the job, pressures of the job, I start feeling pressures and anxieties. And then there's a time I was struggling throwing runners out. And, and so a lot of it, you know, there's a term for it. A lot of it, pitchers get it, infielders get it. It's, it's called the yips. You get a little nervous. Sometimes my arm would feel numb and I hold the ball. It feels like a balloon. Um, but it's not something that I could, I could hide it a lot. You know, you couldn't tell when I was throwing. But it's when the runner was running, I just wasn't accurate like I should be, like I used to be. And so there was a time where I felt like, man, my grandma could run and steal a base off me. I, I have no chance chance to th throw anybody out and I was really struggling and, and I knew I could do it I've done it before I did it throughout the minors all my life with you know without any just anxiety I was like what's going on so I, I was young really young in my faith and my wife says just pray about it let's pray pray about it and believe Bible says Somewhere, we didn't know, we we're just starting out. Somewhere, you know, if you, believe, if you pray, you believe, you know, have faith, you know, God, God will do it. I said, yeah, but I want to know. I want to sign. I said, I want to sign. I said, I, said, I want to sign. I want to know that God's there. I said, I want to see an angel. I, I told my wife, I said, I want an angel. I, wanna, I want God to prove to me that, that, he's, that he's there. And she goes, okay, if you want that, you got to believe. You can't doubt. It can't be like a wave of the sea. I said, okay, let's do this. And so we prayed. I just said, Lord, I'm feeling this way. You know, I, I know I could do it. I've done it before, but I want to see a sign. I, specifically, I want I, people talk about this all the time. I want to see an angel. This just confirmed. I don't know how that happens. Just really quick, or I, I don't know. But anyhow, ne the next couple days, we were playing a day game. I remember it was a Sunday day game. The Mets were in town, and they had a leadoff guy back then. He was, he was an older guy. He's still 40 years old. He's a guy named Ricky Henderson. And, and so he was still stealing 40, 50, 60 bags a year. It, it was amazing. But it's about the second to bat later in the game, about the third or fourth inning, he gets on first base and I'm thinking, oh gosh. I said, I, I know the way I'm feeling. And I go, oh gosh, I got Ricky Henderson. And I'm looking, you know, I'm giving signs and, I, and I'm looking over. He's picking and he's getting off. And boy, he, he nobody's stolen more bases than Ricky Henderson ever. And he's looking and he's probably he's peeking in at my signs doing this. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is not what I wanted, God. You know, this is not the one I want to start off with. Where's the big fat catcher that I could throw out right now? If I could throw him out. So, you know, but anyhow, Ricky Henderson gets on first base. And then I'm calling pitches, and I call a pitch, and I'm peeking, and I see him just start going. And, and I caught the ball. You know, I did my thing through it. I just threw a bullet. It seemed like this high, and just, the ball was just sitting there waiting for him. And, and I'm like, whoa. And, and, the, and, the, and the umpire goes, dude, great throw. What was, that was awesome. I was like, I know. That was awesome. That was crazy. <laughs> and, 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 and so what, what do you think the next thing I, I was doing? For the next inning or two, I'm... I'm looking around and saying, I said, where, where's the, my angel? Where's my sign? And I, well, I ended up playing the rest of the game, you know, and it, it, the game was over. And I, I told my wife after the game, riding home, my wife, I go, honey, man, 
Did you see that? That was awesome. I, and I said, man, I was so excited. I was so nervous. And I threw that ball and I, and I told the umpire, I said, man, the umpire goes, man, what a throw. Great job. I go, I know. And, and she goes, You're, you and the umpire were talking like that? Because usually that doesn't happen. The umpire doesn't really do all that. And she, and she goes, well, who was the umpire? Angel Hernandez. <laughs> so that, that, that is a true story. Angel, God did answer my prayer, not the way I specifically wanted it, but he, he did, he did, he did answer that. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing. I, I was young in my faith. Even though I had that great game, great throw, I felt better. But you know, that fear, that anxiety didn't totally go away. And I'm thinking, what now? What's going on? What's going on, God? You know, because then I started thinking, okay, I, I'm gonna, where do I need to go to kind of learn about this? So I said, oh, I, I should go to the Bible. You know, I'm young in my faith. And this is before search engines and stuff like that. So I had to start flipping pages and use my concordance in the back. And, and so I'm looking up fear not. The Bible says fear not, fear not not. Fear not. Fear not. I am with you. And, and so I'm thinking, well, yeah. So I, I, a couple weeks, a month go by. I still feeling better, feeling confident, but every now and then a certain team or base, you know, those feelings come and go, but it, it never went away totally. And, and what I learned is, is this, Sometimes God will take those things totally away, but he didn't do it for me. And maybe there's things in your life he doesn't take it away. But I had to learn to do it afraid. Does that make sense? I had to learn to, even though I felt a certain way, I was prepared. He, I, he, I'm, a, I'm a warrior on the ball field, so I had to do it. I still had to do my job. And I, had, and I had to do it a certain way. I had to do it afraid, knowing that God is with me and I'm a mighty warrior who is prepared. So I may, I may not have total victory all the time after that, but God is the one who gets the victory. And he wasn't looking at the present Eddie, but he was looking at the future one. Yeah, at the time, I was not glad I was going through it. But now <laughs> that I'm almost 55, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I persevered. I'm glad I stuck with it because it, it, it went like that. And it prepared me into the man for the next thing I was, I was going to do. To finish off with you guys, the way I see it, a lot of times, when, you know, I think about how God uses us. You think about a band, you know, a big rubber band or a big stretchy band. You know, when you have it and you stretch it, when you let go of it, what usually happens? It, it, comes, it comes back, right? But you know what? You think about when God stretches us in a lot of ways and he gives us, you think, to our max, and then he releases us, we let go, it doesn't go back, it stays here. It stays here in order for us, we can handle that, and then, then we can handle more, more in life as we go, as we trust the Lord. Does that make sense? So here's my final point, and then you go onto your tables, you have questions. Fear does not equal failure, but it does equate to God doing something amazing in you, men. All right, so go to your tables and I have some questions for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eddie. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, table captains, we're going to hand the floor over to you, and we're going to spend the rest of the time uh, around those questions that Eddie uh, came up with.